Hi, and welcome to the Tough Fish Show. I'm your host, Jen Melius, and I'm so glad that you're here and can't wait to introduce to you Mallory Howell. Mallory Howell is a wife, mother, stepmother, author, and former teacher. She was born and raised in East Tennessee and still resides there with her family. She stepped away from the classroom after the birth of her second son in November of 2018 and now stays home with her two boys. She enjoys family camping trips, gardening, reading, cooking, and writing. Mallory published her first children's book, Soda Pop Drop, in 2018, and her newest book, The Little Ninja That Could Conquer Kindergarten, in August 2020. Let's dive into the pond and meet Mallory. Welcome to the Tough Fish Show. I am so excited to bring to you Mallory Howell. Mallory, thank you so much for being on the show. Yes, thank you, Jennifer, for having me. I'm very excited. I'm so glad you're here. Absolutely. And I would love for you to start by telling me how'd you get into writing? I've always enjoyed writing, even as a kid. Um, There was a poetry contest, a little competition in middle school, and I took part in that. And I actually had just a really small piece of poetry published in a book when I was in middle school. So that was exciting back then. Um, So I've always been drawn to it, reading and writing and that kind of thing has always been more interesting to me than the subjects, math and science. So I've always geared towards that. Um, And in the back of my head, especially in college, when I was going to become a teacher and training to be a teacher, I always wanted to write a book. I just really didn't know what kind or anything about the process. Um, I actually had a mentor teacher when I student taught and she would say things like she wanted to write a book one day and I would joke with her, well, we should write a book together. And though that didn't happen, I ended up several years later actually writing a book. So I was proud that I said it and I actually did it. Well, and, and that's something to, that's a really good point is that, you know, sometimes you might have this idea, but you don't know necessarily how you make it happen. And so one, when it does happen, you actually want to celebrate that moment. Like I did this, this is a big deal to have done this. And, but recognize that you also start, there was something big in your heart to do and you made it happen. So could you talk a little bit more about how that transpired? Yes. So it's kind of like you're busy at different seasons of your life, right? You going to school, you get a first job, you may get married, relationships, family stuff. I mean, there's always something. So there's never going to be a good time. But sometimes we just put it off and put it off thinking there is going to be a good time. And so after I had been teaching for a while, I graduated, I was married, I had a stepdaughter, I had my first son, I'm starting to realize there's never going to be a good time when things slow down. So the beginning of 2018, I just decided I made a choice, kind of like a New Year's goal, like I guess you could say, but I was just thinking this is going to be the year that I write a book. And I had no clue how I was going to do that or really the action steps to take, but I had just made up my mind that I was going to do it that year. So I researched online, I signed up for self-publishing school. And that really helped me just to understand the basics and the process. I met some people through like the Facebook community. I got an accountability partner, someone that I'd never really met in person, but we started communicating um, via phone. 
And I just started doing it a little bit at a time. And one of the big things that helped me because I was busy, I was, like I said, I was married, I was stepmom, mom to a almost three-year-old at that time. I was teaching full-time. And so I just had to get up before everyone else in the morning. That was my solution. Wake up a couple of hours before everyone to get it done. And that's how the process really started for me. That's when I researched, that's when I did most of the work. And I just did it slowly and it actually happened and came together a lot quicker than I anticipated. So I was really happy with that. So how is it that that happened though? Because to your point, when it feels like you're carving out smaller chunks, you know, mm-hmm. how, how is it that it, it came together? Like you said, quicker than you thought, is it just because you had a longer duration in mind or is it something that just things started to flow a lot easier and you got more done in the t- limited time that you had? Well, I think when I actually figured out, oh, this is what my book is going to be about after, you know, talking to other people and researching and reading things. And then I was like, oh, I do have this story to tell. When I figured that out, then it clicked and it went a lot faster. That's fair. That's really cool. That's a really good point. And one of the things you mentioned, a couple of things that you said in the conversation, you talked about having an accountability partner. How did you decide that the person that you ended up partnering with was the right person and how did you what was it like doing that like did you have a certain rhythm and system with each other or how how did that work in case someone else might be interested in feeling like that would help them I think it really is just trial and error I did not know exactly that person was going to be the right fit for me I mean going into it really um just based on our conversations through like the Facebook chat and the Facebook group privately, it seemed like she was in the process of writing her own book about her own personal experience with something. It was going to be a nonfiction book. And we connected with that. She had kids. I had kids. We had similar um, personalities, it seemed like, but we really just had to try it out because I had never met her in person. So we really just got to know each other, like I said, via text and, and phone call. And I haven't spoken to her in probably over a year now, but during that little season, you know, we were the right fit for each other and we helped each other get to this next step. I love that. I think that that's awesome. And I like that you mentioned it in the context of a season too, because it might be that, you know, different pieces, different steps come in together, different people come as part of the process to bring about your book at the right time for whatever duration that that is. And that's, Mm -hmm. I love that you, you say that. So when you chose to carve out time in the morning, did you, was it because morning was just the most peaceful in the house with everything going on? Or was it also the best time for you, for your like creativity, your energy level? Like, was it a blend of both or was it you recognizing, no, this is really the best time. And even if I don't have all my creative juices firing and all four cylinders kind of thing, this is the time I got to do it if I'm going to. Yes, I think so. Um, One book that I read during that time was The Miracle Morning. Mm. And that kind of inspired me to get up earlier. I was always, I guess what you could say, a morning person. I mean, I didn't strive to get up as early as I could before, but it didn't bother me like it can some people. Example, my husband, <laughs> but he's more of a night owl. He will work really late into the night and I just can't do it. And especially after teaching all day and coming home, cooking dinner, just doing the daily things, 
I was exhausted by evening time and not saying that I, I didn't do some work then because of course I probably did at some point, but yes, it was quiet in the house in the morning. Um, it just feels like a fresh start, a new day. And even if you're not exactly prepared for it, you have that quiet time where you can just be with yourself and your thoughts and, you know, really focus on what you need to get done. Even if it's not really actually doing the work, maybe it's just making a plan for the next day or for later in the evening, but just getting that plan together and having that quiet time is really important, I think. I No, I totally agree with you. I just, I wanted to hear your thought process behind that. So would you talk a bit about how Soda Pop Drop came about? I love, those, <laughs> I love the name. I love both of the book's names. They're just so cute. So would you talk about that particular one first? Yes. Um, I've always been drawn to rhyming books. And so I wanted the title to be catchy, first of all. But it's an actual experience that happened long, long ago when my husband and I very first started dating. So I went on a vacation with him and his family, his aunt, uncle, his daughter, everyone. We were at the beach. We had not been dating very long at all. So I was still getting to know everyone. Um, she was seven years old at the time. And so we were out to dinner at this restaurant by the beach. And I don't know exactly how it all went down <laughs> now that I'm thinking back to it, but she spilt her drink, her Coke on my lap okay. and I had white shorts on. And of course, you know, it like spilled all over me. And at the time, you know, I thought it was an accident and she was like, sorry and apologizing. But then later on, Sometimes she would say stuff, well, maybe it was an accident, you know, joking around as a kid. And I'm thinking, hmm, maybe she was trying to, <laughs> to get rid of me from the start, you know, and it was nothing mean or, you know, ill-willed, but it was just funny from a kid's perspective. It's someone new in your dad's life, you know, and I really don't know if it was an accident or not, but it's just a funny memory that we have that she spilled her drink on me. And, you know, then I had to go around with Coke on my shorts the rest of the evening before I could change. But that's where the title Soda Pop Drop came from. And that's what the, the book is about. It's about the relationship between a dad and his daughter and the new woman coming in who eventually becomes the stepmom. And so how the family changes. And it's funny and lighthearted because I wanted it to be that way, but it's also something that can be hard for kids and for the new parent coming in. And I just wanted to make it relatable and funny and real more than and anything. I think that's charming. So how did you go about making sure that the book had the rhyme like you're talking about? Um, I just really played around with the words. I knew what I wanted the message to be. And so I would just have to sit there and think of synonyms, different ways to, you know, make it work and make it flow. And of course, later on in the process, I had an editor that kind of helped me with some of the words. Um, and it just kind of fell together, like I said, a little bit quicker than I thought. But I think where it was a personal experience and it was something authentic, it made it easier. And then the words just played off each other. So did you also work with an illustrator? Yes, I did. That's what I thought. So how did you blend the illustrator into the fold of bringing about this book? I made it clear from the beginning, you know, what I wanted to be, because it was a personal story. It was about our family. And so I described 
um, the characters, each of us, they don't look exactly like us, but it's framed after our family. And she knew that and she sent me sketches early on and I made sure it was what I wanted. And before I chose her, there were other illustrators, you know, that I spoke with and that weren't good fits for whatever reason. And so I made sure that um, her work would match what I had in mind. So when you did that, did you, and you mentioned the, uh, uh, um, having other illustrators, did you get samples and say, hey, I'm looking at creating this book and I'd like to get a sample of your work to either just see it in general, or here's a scene. How would you depict this scene? Which, yes. how did you go about that? Yes, it was kind of like that. I would give them a little excerpt from the book and they would show me like a little sketch or if it wasn't a little sketch, they might just tell me in detail like what they would do or what they were foreseeing. And, and of course, it also comes down to their timeline, what they have available, the budget and all those things were in play. So when you did that, did you work with your editor first and then your illustrator, or did you actually have like all, both of them kind of involved so that it was kind of like the three of you shaping this book a bit more? Yes, uh, the editor and the illustrator didn't speak directly to one another, but I had the process going on around the same time, just kind of tying up some loose ends with the editor while the book was being illustrated. And they were both very flexible and easy to work with. And I think that's important. If you are working with someone else, you need to have that open communication and, and take ownership because it is your story. It is your book. So ultimately in the end, it needs to look and, and sound the way you want it to, even though it's awesome to take advice from other people and, you know, use their expertise too, but it is really a, a team project. And ultimately it's your decision in the end though. I wholeheartedly agree with that. And as an editor, when I'm working with people, I mean, I tell my writers, look, I, I've got your back. I want you to be successful, but it's okay if you disagree with something. It's okay. I had one client even tell me, look, I was like, I accepted about 98% of what you recommended. I'm like, good. I'm glad you rejected a couple 2% at least. I'm glad that you, it's yours. It's your story. It's your message. So it, it does need to feel right. And I love that you said that because that's so important for someone to hear because when you are working with others, you know, sometimes it's like a, okay, what's truly feeling right to you. So mm -hmm. I would love for you to talk about the next little book, because this is the one that just, it just makes me so, it just makes me smile. It's just so, so cute. And it is about a little ninja. So would you talk about this title and like how it came about? Yeah. So my first book was geared towards my stepdaughter. And then the second book is geared towards my oldest son, Jackson, who was in first grade this year, but last year he was in kindergarten. <laughs> and when he was in preschool, we moved um cities, towns, but they're just neighboring towns. It wasn't far away. But when we moved here, I wanted him to get involved in the community and do something. And so we signed him up for Taekwondo and he really enjoyed it um, when he was four. So he would have been four then. And he really enjoyed it. And he's still doing that today. And it really did help his confidence, I think, and just, you know, gave him something to be proud of and work towards even at a young age. And both of my sons, but Jackson in particular, loves trains. They both love trains. <clears throat> so that's where the name 
the playoff that name comes from. They love the book, The Little Engine That Could. And we have read that book multiple times. We have read all kinds of training books. Um, and then, like I said, he was participating in Taekwondo and he was getting ready to be a kindergartner. So all those things just kind of played together. And that's how I came up with that title. The little and, engine that could conquer yeah. in kindergarten. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> That is so, so cute. So what was it about kindergarten that was, so for Jackson, was it something that was a little scary or was it something that you realized was an opportunity to help make it feel like a fun experience, like something cool to get to do? Yes. Well, he is a little bit of a worrier, just like his mom. I can be a worrier too. So he, he wasn't too concerned about it, but he did have questions because it was going to be at a new school he had never been to. He had only previously been to preschool, um, and it was just for two days a week for half the day. So he had never been away that long to a kid. You know, seven and a half hours, five days a week can be a big transition. So, yes, it was to ease his nerves and to get him excited about kindergarten because you want him to enjoy it, even though you as the parent are going to miss them as well. Um, and I didn't want to show that either. To, so my worries <laughs> to rub off on him, but it was just a compliment, a, a big group of things, I guess, of the reasons why I wrote it. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So did you work with the same editor and illustrator for this book as well? Um, I did work with the same editor and also another one. I worked with two separate ones and I worked with a different illustrator this time. Cool. And there were a couple of reasons of why I did that. Um, one, the timelines just didn't match up with my previous illustrator. And I wanted, since I'm, you know, learning and still doing this, I'm new in this process. It's only my second book. I wanted to play around and try the different styles and see which one I really like the best. And each story is different in its own way. So the illustrations for the first book may not be the right fit for this next book. And I've been satisfied with how they've both turned out. I love that. I love that you say that, that especially when the books that if you're the commonality and it's not a series per se, that you're showing some movement in there about how to, to change it up, to make it look a little different. I think that that's such a creative creative space that is that's so cool so in the little ninja that conquer kindergarten I so <laughs> I so love that name it's just precious <laughs> this you. makes me smile when I think of it just because <laughs> it's just so fun but when um so did you get uh what would affectionately be called beta readers to read this book ahead of time or give you feedback you know before it went to publication I did that more so with my first book where I was really enrolled with the self-publishing school and I had people on like an email list that I sent it to. With the second book, I didn't do that as much. There were still a few people that read it beforehand and that kind of helped me get the launch going, but it was, there was a lot going on because of just 2020 in general, you know, and yeah. things were changing by the month, by the week. And I didn't even know there was a point where I was writing it and I didn't even know if he was going to start, you know, kindergarten as usual because of everything going on. And so then I'm like second guessing myself, should I 
send this book out into the world about him going to a physical school and conquering kindergarten when everything's virtual and online, you know, so I had that going on at the same time. Um, and I think that kind of did derail me for a little while, kind of, I lost momentum a little bit just with everything, but I knew the message of the book and it was about perseverance. And so I knew I just had to go ahead and get it out there, but I did not have as many people um, giving me their input as I did with the first book. But you know what? I, I love that you, you shared that, that there might've been a moment of doubt for whatever reason, any author can run into it. And it might be for a very different reason. Maybe they've shared something so personal that they're like, oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah. it was one thing to write it and maybe share it with my editor. And now, now this is different, or maybe they've done something they've written a different genre that they're completely they were comfortable with one and now they're trying something different and that feeling of uh-oh that second guessing that doubt could creep in but I love that you said that I needed to keep going to persevere that the message of that book that children's book was perseverance but you could take it on and show that you were doing that too I I love that I'm so glad I'm so glad that you did <laughs> Thank you. I mean, we can learn a lot as adults from children's books, I feel. Even the simplistic messages, they really speak to everyone universally. I really think that. Oh, I do too. I absolutely think that. That's, that's such a cool point to make. Valerie, thank you so, so much for being on this show. I am so glad that you have been here. Thank you so much. Where can people connect with you and where can they get the books? Okay, well, I'm on Instagram at author.malloryhowe, so you can connect with me there, and my books are available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble online, and I do have a website as well. It's www.authormalloryhowe.com. Love it. Love it. Mallory, thank you so, so much for being on the show. I'm so glad you were here. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening today. I'm so glad you were here and know there were some valuable nuggets shared to keep going, keep writing, and keep sharing your work. I'm a big believer that if you have a book that's in your heart to write, then there's someone else out there who needs to read it. Your story needs to be shared, so you have to write it and get it out into the world. Until next time, keep swimming upstream while going with the flow and get your book into the world. To learn more about Tough Fish and jump into the pond, visit jennifermilius.com forward slash tough fish.